the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Unite IE Radio. This will be our Christmas show. And boy, if I could be, if I could sing, and and don't worry, I'm not going to try to sing, I would break into a chorus of, we're in the money now. Something, and that's very Christmassy, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that's high on the Christmas carol list, but yeah, sir, feeling that way. This has been a, an incredible week from the beginning of the week. Donald Trump's uh, national security strategy reveal in a very, very good speech. We'll talk about that in the second half of the show. Of course, the big news Wednesday between uh, the House vote or on Tuesday, the Senate vote on Wednesday, uh, on Tuesday night, and then having to overcome a little bit of a, a hurdle on Wednesday to finally push it across the finish line, you had Donald Trump and the uh, both the House and the Senate standing on the White House steps in what could only be described as a jubilant party atmosphere. Right. And because of lessening regulations and because the, the business, businesses are no longer afraid of what Barack Obama and his minions are going to do to them, we've already, we're already seeing accelerating economic growth. We have three consecutive quarters that will be at 3% plus, and the New York Federal Reserve Branch has estimated fourth quarter at 4%. And this tax bill has not yet even taken effect. So we're already seeing the effects of Donald Trump's basically Reagan-esque economic policies. And now we have a Reagan-esque tax cut and tax reform. And with, with, this is an important point because what you're referencing essentially is that really not a lot of what Donald Trump has done in, in the form of lifting the the, the yoke of regulations on the back of business has had a chance to really filter into the economy like it's going to next year, like tax reform is. The biggest reason for this so far is the jubilant uh, consumer and business atmosphere that just the promise of these things has created. And it shows op- how important the psychological aspect of optimism optimism is in the performance of an economy. Right, and the absence of economic fear. As I said, you don't. They're not worried about what crazy socialist policy is going to come down from the Obama administration or the Hillary Clinton administration. They know that they have that they have an ally, a pro-growth, pro-business, pro-jobs allies in the administration now. And I think that's a large measure of why we're we're already seeing the effects of these positive economic growth. Latino unemployment is at a record low. Black unemployment rate is at a 17-year low. Uh, the stock market, of course, is just you know it's, it's beyond record levels. It's way, way, way beyond any record. Manufacturing employment is 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 increasing. So if all these good signs, and now we're going to add on top of this this great pro-growth, pro-jobs tax reform bill that was just passed that's going to lower tax rates on business, job creators, and the American workers, and you know. Just as Reagan showed, you get the government out of the way and the private sector will do the rest and the country will prosper. And all week long, we've been listening to the doomsday prognostications of the left. And it was capped off, I think, 
by this tweet from former national security advisor, fiction writer turned uh, Obama administration aide Ben Rhodes, who mused about the possible death of, of Ryan McConnell and Pence in a tweet that read, and this is just stunning to me, uh, that somebody of this stature would tweet this out uh, alongside the obituaries for Ryan McConnell and Pence. This is the way a former uh, Obama aide uh, responds to the passage of this tax law. I mean, I mean, you just imagine the reaction if somebody on the right did that to members of the Obama administration and suggested that they uh, looking forward to their deaths. Yeah, exactly. And of course, Representative Steve, Steve Scalise retweeted uh, back at him. You may want to reconsider your rhetoric, rhetoric because we know it's the rhetoric of the left that animated the former Bernie Sanders campaign worker that decided to take a rifle down to the GOP softball practice and you know, try to take a couple of GOP. Or it's a, I, the rhetoric is intentional. They want they they want to and need to keep their base stoked with white hot hatred of Donald Trump, and it's going to be even more so because this tax bill and all these other economic changes are going to lead to a good, most likely going to lead to a good economy, a great economy in 2018. So they need something else. So they need to keep their base stoked with this white hot. Hatred, And I'm going to predict that the Mueller investigation continues to come up with a big goose egg in 2018. We've got a couple of quick audio clips we want to comment on. The first is from Donald Trump's White House presentation and uh, just giving giving congratulations to all the people that played a role in pushing this across the finish line. Many companies have come forward and saying they're so happy and they're going to be doing similar announcements. We're going to see something that's going to be very special. We're bringing the entrepreneur back into this country. We're getting rid of all the knots and all the ties. And we're going to see you're going to see you're going to see what happens. And ultimately, what does it mean? It means jobs, 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 jobs. So it's going to be really a very special period of time. We're in a very special period of time and it's going to be even more so. And this is exactly what happened under Ronald Reagan when they cut taxes, they cut regulation, unnecessary regulation. The economy boomed. There were 20 million new jobs during his administration, rising wages. And that has beyond the economic effects. It has cultural and political effects as, there's, as you have the growing pie. So everybody gets more. The, the, the social divisions and the social conflicts become less. They do. And, you know, they, it, it's really fascinating to watch the reaction. The left, as soon as AT&T made the announcement, Comcast made the announcement, Fifth Third Bank made the announcement. I actually tuned into a couple of the uh, uh, cable news networks, MSNBC and CNN, that night. And they were beside themselves, but believing that not – they didn't have time for Russian collusion. Well, actually, they did. But they, they – they, talked about the fact that they believe that there's collusion between Comcast, AT&T, and the Trump administration, that this couldn't possibly be the result of corporations realizing the magnitude of a 15%, I mean, sorry, a 21% tax rate versus a 35%. That couldn't be it. Oh, so... It had to be collusion. Well, you see, I mean, they're criticizing, assuming that happened, they're criticizing Donald Trump for getting Comcast to pay its employees a $1,000 bonus and invest $50 billion in new plant and equipment. 
moment. And not only that, an extra dollar and 50 cent on Thursday, a Comcast employee calls into the Rush Limbaugh show saying that he's just gotten word that he's getting an extra dollar and 50 cents. Nothing to do with the typical inflation raise, cost of living or performance raise. This is a direct result of the tax law. A Comcast employee, keep in mind, Comcast owns who? MSNBC. Mm, so I wonder how many of those MSNBC employees are getting a dollar and fifty cents. Crazy boy! The nerve of Donald Trump doing something that increases business investment and increases the wages of American workers. How terrible! And somebody that got up and extolled the virtues of Donald Trump in this first year that we didn't see coming. Orrin Hatch had this to say, well, Mr. President. I have to say that you're living up to every everything I thought you would. You're one heck of a leader, and we're all benefiting from it. This bill could not have passed without you, couldn't have passed without the Alaskan delegation, couldn't have passed without the leadership in the House and the Senate, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell, and the other leaders as well. All I can say is is that we're making headway. This is just the beginning. You stop and think about it. This president hasn't even been in office for a year. And look at all the things that he's been able to get done by sheer will in many ways. And I just hope that we all get behind him every way we can. And we'll get this country turned around in ways that will benefit the whole world. Here, here. Amen. Coming up, more discussion about the tax law that was passed this week with Tom Del Beccaro, former RNC chairman for the state of California and the proprietor of Political Vanguard after the break. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now is the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, the answer. The party continues in Washington, D.C. with the passing of this major tax overhaul. And, Greg, we're really privileged to have somebody on the line right now that was largely responsible. In fact, uh, did an, a yeoman's job of getting this across the finish line for California. They organized a grassroots effort throughout the entire country to put pressure on legislators to get tax reform done. And Tom Del Beccaro, former chairman of the Republican Party, had the uh, responsibility of that for California, had uh, you know a very own website. Uh, Tom was on radio stations throughout the state uh, and coordinating a grassroots effort to put pressure on legislators to get tax reform done. Great job, Tom. Welcome to the United IE Radio Show. Thanks so much for having me on, you guys. Thanks for having me on earlier in the year when we can talk about this this thing. It's, it is a big achievement, much bigger on the corporate side, of course. 
and it's really going to change the dynamics next year. Well, that's a, there's so many layers to this. First of all, let's talk about the layer really quick of the way that this is being re- misrepresented uh, into the vote and still by the left by the left stream media. Um, you know, what is your what is your thought about the way that this is being totally mischaracterized by the media? Objection leading. So, so look, we're, we, we can't be surprised with this. We have, you know, in this divided era, this is, this is a big deal. And for the Democrats, they're proponents of big government. And the tax code to them is a big issue for class warfare. So they didn't want this to pass for two reasons. One, they wanted Republicans to fail, actually more than two. They wanted Republicans to fail and so that they could run next year and say the Republicans couldn't do anything. They don't want it to they didn't want it to pass because it's gonna work and it's gonna leave them in the dust. So what they've been doing for months now is reading the same old stuff that they said forever since Reagan, right? They say those same old things. They, they, the, the bill kept changing. They didn't care. They were just going to say the same old bull. And so it doesn't surprise me that they mischaracterize it. There's tons of people who don't understand that if you have an existing mortgage under a million dollars, you're going to continue to be able to deduct that just as you always have. And that's true for all of California, for the life of your loan. If you refi it, then you'll be limited to 750000 But it doesn't surprise me. This, this is going to cause a boom next year. And like I said, the political dynamics are about to change big time. What are, For the average working person out there, what are the main things in here in the tax bill that are going to help them? Well, there's huge provisions that benefit small businesses. And keep in mind, over the last 30 years, Small business growth is where job growth comes from. It generally doesn't come from the very big companies, although this bill will cause that as well. You need, if you're a uh, a worker by the hour or making under 100000 a year, what's important to you is that the economy expands and that there's a competition for workers. And this bill does that. For small businesses, it increases right off dramatically, and that means that small businesses are going to go out and purchase things, and and that means they have to buy it from someone. And when they buy it for someone, that's good for another small business or a large business if they buy it from there. So the, the, the biggest key is that the economy will be expanding, and there's going to be a tight labor market the second half of next year and a tight labor market the whole next year. That's what you want. You want employers competing for employees. You don't want employees competing for employers. That's what drives wages up, and that's what they're going to see. Could you possibly be suggesting that the law of supply and demand applies to the labor market? (laughs) And the income tax code. The more something costs, the less of it you get. And so as you drive up the cost of income, you get less income. As you drive down the cost of income, you get more of it. And that's what's about to happen. We saw it yesterday. You know, the left's already wrong. They said there's no way this would result in more jobs or higher wages. Well, what happened with the major companies yesterday alone? Big companies like AT&T, Boeing, uh, 
uh, major bank, Comcast. Wells Fargo, was, yes, they all started paying out wages. Why did they do that? Well, they want to take advantage of write-offs this year, and they know they're going to have a t- face a tight labor market. There already is a tight labor market in some areas, and so they're they're already increasing wages. So, you know, at the beginning of the year, the left and their analytical pinhead economists said we could never get to three percent growth again. This is the new normal. This is what happens to advanced economies. False, 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 false. It, it's what happens to overregulated, overtaxed economies. Well, we're starting to take those wet blankets off the economy, and just we're going to finish above three percent growth for the year, even though they said it could never happen again. In fact, and the uh, New York Fed is the New York Fed. Interruption right there. The, the New York Fed is estimating growth in fourth quarter at four percent. Exactly. Well, you got to match that with 2% in the first quarter, and you get 3% overall for the year, which they said could never happen. And I'm here to tell you that the second quarter of next year, you're going to get 5% growth. All other things being equal, no major terror attacks, something like that. Right. So, And then what are they going to say? And you know what happens when you get growth of that amount? Federal tax revenues come in much, much higher. So this whole worry of Bob Corker and all these people, these chicken littles, these flat earthers who don't understand economics, they're all going to be wrong. And then what are they going to say? They're going to say, they're going to, first of all, wow the president for doing this because he fixed something. But you know what's going to happen in, in two or three years, there's going to be another push for tax reform. Sure. Keep in mind that... <laughs> that in a single decade, 1% growth difference. So if you're growing at 2% under Obama, actually it was less. But if you're growing 3% for a decade, that 1% more, that's a trillion dollars more in revenue. Just the 1%. So I don't have any doubt that revenues are going to come in much faster. After the Bush tax cuts finished in 2005, the New York Times wrote a story Revenues come in unexpectedly higher. Well, it was seven hundred billion higher, and that was back in two thousand six and seven. So we've done this before. Economically, yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's not like this is, a, is an abstract experiment, and we have to see how it works out. We have a historical record to see well, how, I, how how cutting tax rates affects the economy. I, I, I try and, and and simplify this for people so that they get it. Macy's puts things on sale because they know it will lead to more revenue. They're not dumb. Sales have been going on forever. It changes people's behavior. You get more revenue. Now, when you get big tax code changes, you get changes in behavior as well. And often what we have seen, in fact, in all four major prior tax reform, pent-up energy was released. So if you look at the growth rates between 1921 and 1922 and 1923, you see a massive jump. In 23, economic growth was above 11%. Why? Because they had been holding back. It was actually a time remarkably like our own, where corporations were flush with cash, but consumers had very little spending power. That's much like today. But once the tax rates were changed, businesses went hog wild 
started spending, started hiring, and you got 11% growth. I'm not going to say we're going to get 11% growth next year. But this corporate tax change is going to be a huge bump. And as far as I'm concerned, the Republicans are going to pick up four or five seats in the U.S. Senate under these better circumstances. Well, we want to talk about that, Tom. Can we take a quick break and come back with you for a very abbreviated segment to get your thoughts on how this plays into the midterms 2018? We'll be right back. After this word from Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM590, The Answer. I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again, not just by supporting this station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of homeownership. Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term, or pay off high-interest debt, or if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll free day or night, 855-640-2020. I'll give you all your options, answer all your questions, and walk you through the process. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 10 a.m. and 9 p.m., Sundays at 8 a.m., right here on AM 590, The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199. AM 590. The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We're pleased to have Tom Del Beccaro on the line with us, who helped lead the fight to achieve tax reform that was just passed on Wednesday of this week, and how how great that's going to be for the economy. And in our time remaining, you have an article in Forbes entitled, America is Consequential and Therefore More Divided Year Try it again. America's consequential and therefore more divided year and what lies ahead. How is this going to play into 2018 and the election? Well, the article talks about the fact, and it's the premise of my book, The Divided Era, which people can still get on Amazon. The, the higher the stakes, the greater the political division. Today, the stakes are based on chasing $6 trillion in government spoils. And you get intense division. You add to that division when the economy stagnates. Then you get big calls for redistribution. So a stagnated economy equals greater political division. A growing economy where people are moving into the private sector, they're not asking as much for redistribution because they're not as much on welfare or government assistance. They got their own jobs, reduces political division. If you get growth rates of 5% in the second and third quarter of next year, like economic and other analysts are expecting, then we're going to have less political division the media will have less to harp on about the Republicans, and the Democrats are going to be out in the cold. So I expect a strong economic growth to benefit the Republicans. It usually does. It remains about the economy. Silly. Mm-hmm. They use a different word. Right. <laughs> and therefore, I think the Republicans are going to pick up four or five Senate seats. Remember, six of the eight, or I think there's eight Senate seats for the Democrats where they, in states that Trump won by significant amount. Well, they all voted against this, and it's going to be very hard for them when there's 5% growth to say, we were just kidding. 
So I think they're going to do better, and I think they're actually going to pick up some seats in the House as well. And it will be easier to make additional changes that, and, and to and to do another tax cut or other things as well once they once there's more senators. Once we don't have to rely on John McCain for a vote or or Flake or Susan Collins and you have a bigger cushion, you'll get more work done. Well, then, well the, uh, that also assumes the Republicans don't do something dumb like pass amnesty. But our divisions You're are... You're going to have to stay tuned on that one, sir. Yes. Right. Our, our divisions, I think, are, are much greater than tracing, tracing the $6 trillion of government spending and regulation. Is The two sides are... More, even more fundamentally disagreeing on the culture, on the nature of the country, and even whether we like the country. Those of us on our side... Well, that sits on, it sits on top of that. We've always had natural political divisions. The chasing the money it sits on top of those natural philosophical divisions. In our last minute with you, Tom, uh, you know, Dana Rohrabacher and Daryl Issa locally were forced to vote no on this in the House because Orange County. Forced? Well, I want I want I'm using that word only because that's the narrative. Maybe they took a bribe from Rosie O'Donnell. I kind of sort of doubt that. But they felt because of what's unfolding in Orange County that they needed to be able to say to the left or the constituent, because Orange County slowly turning, unfortunately, uh, from red to blue, might be a shade of purple right now. How, you know, how do they explain that in the future? Uh, if the economy grows at 5%, they really won't have to. Ah, so, so, so a buoyant economy overcomes many different uh, ills. Yes, as Stephen Moore says, the growing economy solves a lot of problems. Very good. Very good. Well, Tom, thank you very much for leading the effort here right, in California. People. Appreciate you being with us. Tom Del Bacaro, the article in Forbes uh, on December 21st, America's consequential and therefore more divided year and what lies ahead. Get it at local bookstores wherever articles are sold. Tom, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Bye, thanks. And Merry Christmas. about the major reason for celebration this week, Greg, having to do with Donald Trump's key signature legislative accomplishment, which, of course, is tax reform. A very Reagan-esque tax reform and cutting of tax rates. And earlier in the week, on Monday, he delivered his a major national security strategy policy speech. Of course, the president is required to deliver to Congress uh, at the frequency of, uh, I believe, once a year, a national security strategy statement. So this was his delivery of this to Congress. Now, in April, you may recall that there was a national security speech that he delivered on the campaign trail, April of 2016. That speech was 45 minutes long. I actually edited it down to about 18 minutes of salient national security uh, content. That means that there was 30 minutes of fluff of him doing his Donald Trumpisms. On the other hand, this entire speech was amazing. Uh, He stuck to the script. There was very little, uh, you know, going off script. And it was 
an, it was an amazing speech, and I would commend it to everybody to listen in its entirety to this speech. I mean, it is a very Reagan. We have a Reagan-esque tax cut reform bill. Now we have a Reagan-esque national security strategy with four pillars, and uh, we're going to let. Uh, it'll take a few minutes here, but let's let Donald Trump tell us what those four pillars of his national security strategy is. Our strategy advances four vital national interests. First, we must protect the American people, the homeland, and our great American way of life. This strategy recognizes that we cannot secure our nation if we do not secure our borders. So for the first time ever, American strategy now includes a serious plan to defend our homeland. It calls for the construction of a wall on our southern border, ending chain migration and the horrible visa and lottery programs. The other element of the very first pillar, by the way, Greg, because I know you probably want to say something about this, was defeating radical Islam. So there were several elements of the first pillar. Number one, having strong borders. Number two, defeating radical Islam. And uh, uh, well established security and defending against uh, weapons of mass destruction. Exactly. So, you know, the first pillar is defending the homeland. Very important. Good idea. Too bad someone didn't think of it first. Exactly. All right. Here he is with pillar number two. The second pillar of our strategy is to promote American prosperity. For the first time, American strategy recognizes that economic security is national security. Economic vitality, growth, and prosperity at home is absolutely necessary for American power and influence abroad. Now, key to this is he inextricably links a strong domestic economy with the ability of America to have a strong military and a strong foreign policy. And that, that's like night follows day that you if you don't have that economic base to pay for our military which is which is which is expensive admittedly is that uh, you have unlike other countries like China and Russia which have much larger militaries they don't pay their military members anywhere near what we pay our all volunteer force not only that they're not as well equipped and that's another major issue that he promised on the campaign trail was bringing our military back up to standards i mean our navy is at world war 2 levels we've got army battalions pre world war 2 level right yeah. we've got army battalions that don't have the equipment we have uh, air force uh, that is literally going out to boneyards in order to get parts for planes to keep elements of our air force and two great sub elements on this on this pillar are one is uh, embrace energy dominance america has more energy reserves in the ground than any other country in the world and that can be a source of economic strength and of international influence by using that and also to promote free and fair reciprocal economic relationships china has been undermining our industrial base and taking our technology under previous administrations, and Donald Trump is working to reverse that, and that's also essential to preserve our economic strength. Which is another reason why the drilling in Anwar was included in the tax policy, uh, tax reform package that they passed on Wednesday. That was a big deal for getting Alaska uh, senators and congressmen to vote along with that was including drilling in Anwar, which we now have the technology to do without damage to the environment. Yep. All right, clip number three. The third pillar of our strategy is to preserve peace through strength. We recognize that weakness is the surest path to conflict, 
and unrivaled power is the most certain means of defense. For this reason, our strategy breaks from the damaging defense sequester. It calls for a total modernization of our military and reversing previous decisions to shrink our armed forces, even as threats to national security grew. It calls for streamlining acquisition, eliminating bloated bureaucracy, and massively building up our military, which has the fundamental side benefit of creating millions and millions of jobs. This strategy includes plans to counter modern threats, such as cyber and electromagnetic attacks. It recognizes space as a competitive domain and calls for multi-layered missile defense. Infrastructure as well, EMP attack, hardening our grid against the potential for an EMP attack. Right, and that's and that's something that has been ignored for way too long because one nuclear weapon detonated at the right altitude, about 300 miles up, could destroy the entire civilian electronic grid and electronic devices. And lead to catastrophic loss of life. Well, it United could, yeah, States. not because of the nuclear blast, but because of, you don't have an electricity. Starvation. Starvation, lack of clean water. Civil unrest, people yes. rioting in order to eat. All right, and finally, pillar number four. Fourth and finally, our strategy is to advance American influence in the world. But this begins with building up our wealth and power at home. America will lead again. We do not seek to impose our way of life on anyone. But we will champion the values without apology. We want strong alliances and partnerships based on cooperation and reciprocity. We will make new partnerships with those who share our goals and make common interests into a common cause. And this is different than neocon type foreign policy, neoconservative, which is, you know, having the uh, which is regime change, uh, taking over countries, that sort of thing. This is actually just treating other countries uh, as partners uh, in building a, a world essentially that shares in the prosperity that we're enjoying here at home. Yeah, even uh, Mark Levin, who is uh, certainly never not, not a great Donald Trump fan to say the least. I mean, he was ecstatic. He was bouncing off the walls about over, over, this. over, over, over the, over the speech. And there's, and there's, there's a 66 page document actually that sets forth the full strategy. And I'm just looking at the table of contents here. And you look at that space, you know, the Russians and Chinese are moving ahead into try to dominate that vital region. And Donald Trump recognizes, yeah, we need, you know, we can't let them d- dominate space. I, w- I would encourage people to go. We'll put this up on the Unite IE Facebook page. I'd encourage people to take this, send this over to your local print or have them printed up and leave it on the coffee table over Christmas. It should be a great uh, uh, conversation starter. You know what wasn't in this uh, national security strategy, Greg? Hmm, what, 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 Don? What was, uh, what was um, so obvious that it was missing was the national security threat under the, the Obama administration caught, felt was the, the largest threat to the United States. Climate change. Man-caused climate change. How could he have omitted that? Not only was it omitted, but there was a section in this that said that the, uh, that the administration stands directly opposed to any organization that wants to advance climate change as a uh, policy that would hamper 
our strength and our goals of the United States. So he he even went so far in this policy to say any organization that stands in this is actually standing in the way of America. Right. The global warmers are actually a, th- a, threat, a threat to yeah. our economy. He flipped the narrative on it. Right. Former Czech president, Václav Havel, that may not be quite the right pronunciation, said that uh, the climate change global warmers are the greatest threat in the world to human freedom and prosperity. In our, let's take a break here, but let's, in our next segment, let's look at what really should be a fifth pillar. Donald Trump didn't describe it that way, but it really should be, and how the U.N., his new national strategy is playing out. After this word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident, because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We were just talking about Donald Trump's new national security strategy, and he laid out four pillars, and we played through some in our previous segment. But he talked about something else, and he didn't call it a fifth pillar, but I think it really should be a fifth pillar. Let's listen to the president again. A nation that does not protect prosperity at home cannot protect its interests abroad. A nation that is not prepared to win a war is a nation not capable of preventing a war. A nation that is not proud of its history cannot be confident in its future. And a nation that is not certain of its values cannot summon the will to defend them. This is very, this is actually Donald Trump getting philosophical. It is. And and, and really ties in when he went to Warsaw earlier this year. He talked about defending Western civilization that two, that the, the, the elites of Western countries in Europe and here have really given up on that. They don't value that. They don't value our freedom, our scientific knowledge, and the scientific inquiry, our culture, our history. Reagan talked about this too, about that if we don't remember what we did, we won't know who we are. And we're going to play an an example of this, uh, the, the story of Christmas of 1776, a story that I grew up on, and kind of form, you know, this is what Americans do. This is what America is. And, that's, and not only is that not being taught today in the colleges and, and the schools, but an anti-American history is being taught there. And under, and if, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't believe in the country, if it's not something that's important, you will not have the will to defend that, either on the battlefield or 
elsewhere in the non-battlefield. And that's why this, this, this really should be preserving our culture and our values really should be a fifth pillar of our national security strategy. Well, we're seeing the, uh, the, the, uh, I guess the result, if you will, of what's being taught on campus, when when we have students that support Donald Trump, that are conservatives, wearing a Make America Great hat, and we see the reaction and the response on the part of students that have literally been indoctrinated into this narrative that what America is, is as a result of everything from genocide to the, the, the... the basic precepts of our, the founding of our country uh, being antithetical to even the survival of the human species. These people respond with, you know, hate, with uh, a, a visceral, I don't even know the anger, to just the mere suggestion that being America... taught to hate the country. Exactly, that America ever has been great. Because, of course, in their belief system, it never has been, but that it could be great again, like it has been, would only result in the genocide of whomever. Right. And there was a, there's a recent video, uh, one, one of these uh, vloggers went to UC Berkeley, my old university, and first went out there, he was waving an American flag, shouting pro-American slogans, and the students are walking by him going, F you, F America, and so on. Okay, then he gets an ISIS battle flag. And starts and then spends two hours waving that, shouting pro ISIS, pro Islamist slogans, and no one. In two hours, one student came up and objected to that. And and, and there was a time in America's history where we, you waved the American, the enemy's flag. That was treason, and you would have been strung up on the highest yardarm. Now. Don't take that out of context. I'm not suggesting that people that do that should be. I'm only saying this is this is the, the this is result. what they're being taught. This is what they're being taught there. This is the fruit of that. This is the fruit of that. And this is this is rank and file communism. This is what progressivism means today. When you hear people, even on on cable news radio on MSNBC, I was watching a se- a section of MSNBC where Lawrence O'Donnell. This was Wednesday after the passage of this. These people are proud to be progressives. What they what progressivism is, where are we progressing to? We are progressing to socialism, which is communism. Right. And we talked about this and I object to it whenever anyone on our side concedes to them the term progressive, because there is nothing progressive about socialism, leftism, or communism. It is regressive in economics, it is regressive in freedom. Yep. Now, but this also this week, we saw how the national security strategy is playing out at the United Nations. The other thing that Donald Trump has done recently, of course, is he has designated uh, what was actually uh, a law. The Congress voted on this back in the 90s to designate Jerusalem as and to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, the, the what they regard as their own capital of course we've had we've been keeping our embassy along with every other country in tel aviv because we don't want to anger somebody out there i don't know what right but donald trump made that call in december that's another one of his 81 success stories and the reaction from the world was i mean it inflamed i mean we had riots in the streets riots in jerusalem 
you had you had on street corners in L.A. Yes, Palestinian flags being waved, and the uh, so so the U, so the UN come, they're going to do a resolution to condemn that, and uh, our UN ambassador Nikki Haley vetoed it. And let's listen to Nikki Haley describing why she did that. Will those in favor of the draft resolution contained in document S slash twenty seventeen slash one zero six zero please raise their hand? Thank you. Those against? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. I have been the proud representative of the United States at the United Nations for nearly a year now. This is the first time I have exercised the American right to veto a resolution in the Security Council. The exercise of the veto is not something the United States does often. We have not done it in more than six years. We do it with no joy, but we do it with no reluctance. The fact that this veto is being done in defense of American sovereignty and in defense of America's role in the Middle East peace process is not a source of embarrassment for us. It should be an embarrassment to the remainder of the Security Council. As I pointed out when we discussed this topic 10 days ago, I will once again note the features of the President's announcement on Jerusalem that are most relevant here. The President took great care not to prejudge final status negotiations in any way, including the Let's specific Let's stop that right there because that was Nikki Haley asserting U.S. sovereignty and its own ability to recognize any nation's capital. We'll put our embassy anywhere we want to. Exactly. And that resolution they were voting for was a resolution in the U.N. Security Council citing America for exercising its own sovereignty to recognize the sovereign capital of another sovereign country. What a difference an election can make. It's absolutely stunning. Time for another word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back up to this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. This is our Christmas show, our second to the last show of what has been just an amazing 2017. And I'd like to take just a moment to wish all of our listeners, all the groups that are a part of this uh, great coalition, and all the individuals out there that would like to get involved. Of course, Unite IE Conservative Coalition is a place for you to find uh, a way to express your frustration and uh, get involved with activism. We'd like to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Right. And if you want to make America great again, if you want to make California great again and improve the opportunity and the prospects for our peoples, you know, you need to be involved. How often do we say it? this is our tagline for the show? The most important political office is that of the pri- of private citizen. Donald Trump cannot make America great alone, great again by himself. We were talking in the last segment about and Donald Trump's club about we need to remember our history and our values and our culture and that's essential as part of our national security. I grew up on the story of how of the Christmas the story of Christmas of 1776. Right. And I think most people probably don't know that, certainly not any recent students. 
Let's listen to Newt Gingrich describe the events of Christmas of 1776 and remember what Ronald Reagan said. If we don't remember what we did, we won't know who we are. General Washington and his troops had been defeated in September, driven from Brooklyn to Manhattan, from Manhattan to north of New York City, around the Palisades, across New Jersey. They declined from 30,000 troops in September to 2,500 effectives on Christmas Day. Of the 2,500, one-third did not have boots. They were wearing burlap bags wrapped around their feet. And as they marched, they left a trail of blood. General Washington knew that if he didn't win a victory soon, the entire army would have disappeared. And so he had to do something desperate. He proposed to cross an icy river at night in a snowstorm and then march nine miles in the dark to the city of Trenton, a village that had 800 German troops, professionals, Hessians. He was going to surprise them and capture them. It was a very dangerous plan. Because it was harder to get there than they thought, they were four hours late. And yet, as a sign of divine providence, there was an enormous snowstorm coming from the north, behind them, pushing them towards Trenton. A storm so enormous that the German troops said nobody could be out in this kind of weather. So they didn't post guards. They didn't muster at dawn as they normally would, because it was impossible. And for Europeans, it probably was impossible. But these were Americans. They were used to the American winter. They were used to deer hunting in the winter. They were used to traveling in the winter. This was just a terrible snowstorm. It wasn't a reason to stop. Washington's troops surprised the Germans, captured 800 of them at the cost of one American, and then ran for the river before the British Army could catch them, went across the river with their prisoners. Within two weeks, 15,000 volunteers showed up, and Washington began driving the British across New Jersey. The revolution had been saved. How big a gamble was it? That night, as they began to get in the boats, they were told that the password for that evening was victory or death, and they meant it. They were prepared to give everything for freedom. Surely, in the most successful country in history, we can do what is necessary. We can be in the spirit of General Washington and the Americans who fought for freedom. We can go out, get the vote out, make the argument, stand up for freedom. And I believe we can have as big an impact in helping America remain free in our generation as they did in theirs. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.